Wow. Welcome, Jessamine Violet. Am I saying that correctly? You Jessamine? are. Thanks. Amazing. Yeah. Jana? My whole, yes. Thank Perfect. you. Yeah. My whole life, people have, you know, called me Jenna or Jana or Joanna. Or they, you know, they just start adding syllables. So um, always want to make sure I, I get the name right, um, especially such a unique name like Jessamine. No, you nailed it. Thanks. Thanks. So first of all, welcome to the Fame Impala podcast. Thanks for having me. I haven't done a podcast in a while, and I feel like this is going to be the start of the new informal season. One person reaches out to me, and then all of a sudden, like, it snowballs, and then I'm like, okay, I've got five people all of a sudden. So I actually have a couple of people lined up after you as well. Nice. Um, but you are the first of this unofficial next season of the Fame Impala podcast. Honored to kick off the season. Hell yeah. And um, let me just introduce the little bit that I know about you. Um, you have a band. I do. Movie Club. Movie Club. And I have been listening to your music. It's been on my rotation for the past few Hell weeks. Yeah. And it's really cool. It's really cool stuff. I got to say, I am very picky with especially instrumental music. And it's really cinematic. I guess that's why you call yourself Thank Movie you. Club. Um, <laughs> and it's just a, a great vibe. So, you know, anyone listening, please check them out. Appreciate that. Yeah, we try to be short to the point, get in, get out, and be as psychedelic as possible in the process. And yeah, just bring the vibes of the surf and the wacky uh, circus by the sea yes here oh, circus by the sea i love that i love that that's great <laughs> i'm like envisioning the santa monica pier as you say that yep and this is movie club's single trapdoor Now, back to Tame Impala's first U.S. tour. I saw them at the Wiltern, which was, uh, it was kind of like the, this band's about to be huge show. Uh, my friend at KCRW, I worked for KCRW for many years, starting as a volunteer and branching into work um, on events and stuff. And she, my friend brought me and yeah, I was, it was a wild time. It was crazy. You could feel, you know, the energy about to kind of pop off. Um, oh my god literally bursting from the stage and uh a good time was had by all that's for sure it's not a huge venue but it's very historic and it's beautiful but yeah they were just kicking off their u.s tour and um and it was wild it was it was wild it's it's always so cool like seeing bands right before you know they explode like i saw cold play at like this tiny venue in Boston called the Avalon. I mean, we're oh, talking like yeah. a, I actually a few hundred that people. That's incredible. Did you spend time in Boston? Um, I just have a few friends there. Uh, I'm actually playing a show in Boston on um, May 24th. Nice. And I know you're playing a show in Brooklyn on May 7th. 
Brooklyn's the seventh, yeah. And then Boston's the ninth. Which I'm going to try to go. I'm going to try to go. Yeah? I live. Yeah, that would be awesome. I live up in the woods now. Like, I don't know if you can tell by this guest room, but or the size of this room at all. It's not that <laughs> visible here. But, um, yeah, I pandemic moved out of Brooklyn. And, you know, I'm a drummer, so I, yeah. and producer and all that. So, like, and you're a drummer, too, which we're going to talk about. So um, cool, yeah. Which, you know, I just decided it would be really hard for me to go back to sharing walls. Um, but at the same time, now that life is back to normal, I am starting to feel, like, a little bit stir-crazy, you know, being isolated. And I find myself going to the city, like, every other weekend. So, um I'm going to try to do that for your show. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a national tour we're doing in support of the release of my first book and movie club finally getting on the road. We're kind of throwing them both in there. It is like a we're going out on a limb, you know, we're taking some risks, but um, we're just kind of like putting everything we have into this tour. And uh, yeah, we're playing uh, Come On Everybody in yes. Brooklyn yeah, um, that's a great venue. Congratulations. Like, thank I'm you. super yeah. excited. I love that spot. Yeah, we did a three-day residency there last year, and they were just amazing. Um, oh, my God. That's so cool. Yeah. And the drag they have after late night is, like, the best I've ever seen. So. Man, I haven't been in so long. I, w I only went to a drag <laughs> show there once. But, um, but okay, wait. So we don't have a lot of time. <laughs> we should just, like, be friends after this also. Like, I don't yeah. know if you're down, but I'm down. Um, Definitely. But, okay, so let's talk a little bit more about Tame Impala, and then we will talk about how Tim Impala like influenced or potentially influenced you know your songwriting your music your direction um but so back to the the first Tame Impala U.S. tour show you know had you heard of Tame Impala already or was that like your first impression of them I had not heard of them already and wow. um that was my first impression of them which is really crazy and you just you know? knew you were just like yeah they're gonna pop off yeah I I, I was like this makes sense but um, at the same time, like, I didn't really, like, dive into their albums until someone else brought them to my attention, like, I want to say maybe two or three years later. Um, oh, wow. And I revisited, and I was just, like, obsessed. And then Currents came out. So it was right around when Currents came out, um, and... Uh, Yes, I'm changing. Just really struck a chord for me um, because I love that lyric. They say people never change, but that's bullshit. They do. Yeah, um, I love that line. Me too. You know, it's just like, I don't know. I find like good lyrics are kind of like few and far between these days. And that one was just especially cool. Um, it just resonated because... I was in the process of trying to change and and being told, you know, I think that the hardest part about changing is that the people around you act like you're not allowed to be different. Like they know you and you are a certain way and you're not allowed to like go off in whatever new direction or have any new habits or whatever. Um, and they just kind of like scoff and like roll their eyes or whatever. And I don't know, just hearing it sung that you know, emphatically in such a cool, catchy tune, it helped. Like it, it, it got ingrained in my brain, and there was like, 
well, look at the, look at Kevin Parker, you know, like he, he knows something, you know, he's yeah. killing it and he's a musician and he's doing all these things, playing, you know, all the instruments, producing other great albums for other artists. Like, and so it's just, it was cool. And it gave me kind of just like that extra boost, you know, running in the back of my brain. Like, you know, I'm allowed to change, you know, yeah. people, people do change and and they can change and yeah. change is important and, yeah. and necessary to get new places. Like, and if you don't think it's a crime, you can come along with me. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of like what exactly. you're saying. Is, it's like people don't let you think you're allowed to change. And that's part of the reason maybe why, why we like think we can. Yeah, yeah. Same. Oh, exactly. my God. Exactly. If you don't think it's a crime, you you can come along with me. I, I lost I lost some friends in the changes. Okay, so now made, we got to get yeah. a little personal, okay? We get a little personal on this podcast <laughs> sometimes. What What changed? What about you changed? Why does this song mean so much to you? And... Follow-up question, who didn't approve of this change? <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah, it's, well, let's say that, I mean, the hardest things to change are your thoughts that you're conditioning, right? Like, you have yeah. scripts running in your head and that you're, sometimes you're not even aware of. You're just, that's the way things are supposed to go. That's what's going to happen if you do X, Y, Z, Um and for me, uh, it took some serious reprogramming um, to change. Um, there's a level of, of you know, when you're a sensitive artist, as you are, a lot of people are, um, there's two ways you can use the pain and suffering that you soak up around you from the world. You can inflict it on yourself and then you can inflict it on other people, right? Um, well, those are the two ways that are without conditioning and, uh, you know, proper harnessing. Um, so I guess I was someone who inflicted a lot of pain on myself, um, basically like, so like negative thought patterns that you felt you were finally breaking free from. Yes. Negative thought patterns, you know, low self-worth, um, like just a running script about, um, my habits and what I deserved, um, mm-hmm. things like that. And, and, and I, I had a really good therapist, but I also forced myself to kind of like change my script by saying thoughts that felt weird for a while. Um, it was kind of like I wrote down all the things that I wanted to hear from other people and I just said them to myself, all the things. Um, Holy shit, I got chills again. Girl, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God. And so yeah, who would I've, be disapproving of this change? Like, who who was like, no, you can't, you can only think negative thoughts about yourself, like, from here on out? Well, no, it's it's not necessarily that. It's, um, it's that, you know, sometimes you allowed yourself to, sometimes I allowed myself to have people around me that would kind of cut me down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there are just people that do that for whatever reason, who knows what's going on with them. I don't try to understand, you know, it's just a certain type of person that I'm sure that you've felt before that some, some people clip, they clip away, they snip, snip little, little passive comments. Yeah. You feel, and, and, and when, 
you're treating yourself well. If you make that change and, and you become someone that treats yourself like your own best friend, it's very, it starts to be very clear who those people are that are kind of cutting you down in your high moments and your victories, your little victories, you know, with just a snippy remark or whatever, something that rattles around in your brain and you don't want it there, you know, you yeah. just like, and I, I, I mean, sometimes these are life, like lifelong people that you've been friends with for years. And that's part of the thing is that back in the day when you had even, when I had even more self-esteem, you know, like, yeah. I was okay with having friends that did that. And then when you start making the changes, you're like, you know what? And then you cut, you cut people off and it's, it, it's, it's hard, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Was this, was this like at all musical related feedback or? <laughs> well, certainly there have been band bandmates that have been uh, mildly abusive in the past. <laughs> Definitely not Just naming names there, but yeah, but not trying to yes, start the people you work with. Um, yeah. You right. Know, Just like subtly from- discouraging slash not constructive comments that almost are like so casual you don't even notice them. And then you get exactly. home and you're like, oh, I'm still thinking about that. Like that must have that must be because it didn't feel very good. Like why is right. this person, you know, who who the fuck are they? Right. And in the moment you laugh it off, but it's just like that other cliche, you know, saying that People always let you know who they are if if you pay attention, you yeah. know. They let you know who they are from the start. So so it takes like some cleaning house sometimes to make the changes, you know, yep. where you're just like, I'm not putting up with this anymore. And but yeah. then you get this new space where you're like able to think higher thoughts about yourself and in turn better things happen to you you know and yeah oh amen yep yeah and then oh my god this is just something that i'm also thinking about for the first time even though i've heard these songs a million times something i'm realizing is like so you have this song you have yes i'm changing and then you have new person same old mistakes at the end you know so it's like did you really change (laughs) like are you saying that you you aspire to and like you're on your you know maybe you're on your journey and you're like you know not fully there yet or whatever because we're never fully there um but you know it it just occurred to me that like new person same old mistakes on that album as like the last word for that to be like maybe i'm not maybe i'm not changing as much as i thought i was well are we sure that that he's that he's talking about like himself there or is it like maybe you know in the dating process for example you try a new person but they're making the same old mistakes Um, oh that's oh my god why (laughs) why have i never thought of that perspective before this is why i love this podcast because it's like (laughs) i don't even like like i know what these songs mean to me but like these songs mean something different to everybody. And I think that's so beautiful because there's something so universal about Tame Impala music and lyrics, yet everybody has their own like specific like time in their life or songs that like really resonate with them for like whatever reason. And then you go and tell me this story about like all these negative thought patterns and like, you know, Tame Impala. I mean, Kevin Parker was writing it, you know, I, I believe about 
you know, breaking up with somebody. Like, I'm changing. I can't be with you anymore type of thing. And in my opinion, and maybe this is just because I'm a musician, but in my opinion, it, it also had a lot to do with, like, dedicating himself to music. Yeah. And just kind of, like, coming into his own as as a performer and artist and, like, trusting that. At least to me, the line that I have always loved of that song is, I caught a glimpse, I'm going after it. Mm-hmm. Like, that is just... I don't care what he's talking about, whether it's a relationship or being happier in another relationship or in another situation, or like I caught a glimpse of success and I believe in myself and I'm going after it, like whatever it is. Yeah. That is just like the most hopeful, you know, imagery. Like, yeah, I caught a glimpse. That's all I need. The chills again. Oh yeah. my God. I know. I know. Um, no. But- and that's, and that's what it takes. It takes the freedom of a new, you know, a restart kind yeah. of to, to right. catch a glimpse and be able to go after it. So, like people, he's he's not letting people hold him back, you know? Yep. And, uh, and yes, you know, people can make the same old mistakes, whether or not he's talking about people he's dating, you know, or himself. I think, you know, that everyone's allowed to have relapses, you know, there's... There, there are relapses, but it really you just want to set the tone as as strongly as you can from the start, and allow yourself, you know, little little setbacks. But strictly speaking, I'm still on track. Man, this is so funny because I thought we were going to be talking about inner speaker this whole time. So it's just like you know what I mean. Like you, you, you said inner speaker was like your favorite album, and I feel like. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I am not of a camp of like any Tame Impala album is my favorite. They're kind of all my favorite at different times. Um, I yeah. go through cycles with them. Um, Lonerism was my favorite album after Desert Days. You know what I mean? That was the only album I wanted to listen to. Everything else seemed disrespectful. Um, <laughs> so, you That's, know, but I, I yeah. definitely go through phases. But Iconic. It's an iconic album, yeah. They all they all are though, you know? But like but I do think let's talk a little bit more about Inner Speaker since that is your at least via email self-proclaimed favorite album. Um, you know, and that was the the first tour you saw, which is amazing. I would have given anything to be at that era of Tame Impala, you know, inception, yeah. first first impression of the U.S. The perks of Tame working for the radio is all I can say. <laughs> like, oh, so cool. It, they get, they, the amount of artists that I got exposed to early in the game was, like, priceless when I was volunteering. Yeah. Yeah. And could you always tell or, or do you feel like you could always, like, did you always have that feeling of, like, this person's about to blow up and then they did? Well, only sometimes, to be honest. But, like, for example, like, Shaky Graves. Do you know Shaky Graves? Yeah, yeah. Like, I knew him when he had one album out on Bandcamp. Like, I found the album on Bandcamp. I think the person I was with found the album on Bandcamp, but I, like, adopted it as my own, and I was obsessed. And, like, when we went to South By, I, like, found out the weird side venue he was playing and, like, wrote a blog post about it for KCRW. And then fast forward, like... 10 years he's playing the KCRW show at the Hollywood Bowl. It's like so crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. So sometimes you have the feeling like I remember I sent uh, Hozier's video oh, yeah. to 
my friend that was working at KCRW, I was like, this guy's insane. And she like, wasn't feeling it that much. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, then yeah. lo and behold, Hozier yeah. <laughs> on KCRW and many other, yeah. many other uh, stations. So, I mean, I feel like his voice is like undeniable. Like you got to be famous with that voice, but like, it's to like me, a godly voice. Yeah. 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 Like to me, that's like, undeniable however it's not necessarily the music that like resonates with me on a like lyrical or just like instrumental level um but what was it about the inner speaker show that to you was just like so like this is undeniable these people like they're you know they're gonna blow up and I know it's just one guy but I say they when they're touring because it's like they've had the same touring band for you know long enough to call them they for sure yeah no I think you know it's like it's almost like he invented his own brand of psych rock and and previous to that I was I can't say that I was like as fanatical about psych rock I think Tame Impala had a lot to do with me becoming obsessed with um, the genre in general. Um, oh, okay. So you you do feel like you're, like, obsessed with the genre in general. Like, are you going to Austin Psych Fest? Are you, you know, doing that, like, just you go to psych rock festivals regardless of who's playing? And No, not so much because usually I'm too strapped to go to festivals, to be honest, <laughs> unless I'm playing them. Life of a uh, musician. It's like you got to put your money towards your own art, you know? Totally, yeah. No, that's why working for the radio station afforded me a lot. And then most of the festivals I've been to since... I was working for KCRW have all been festivals that I'm playing or um, working. So, uh, yeah, I I, I would say, you know, we decided to be in the genre movie club um, because of the freedom it provides and just the vibe. Um, I think that the most important part about psych rock is like a vibe um, that you don't have to be on drugs to to get into, um, but it helps you escape reality yes. is the main um goal and uh that's what i felt like that night uh and that's what i feel like when i listen to that album it's like it brings you to a certain place it's so warm clearly like recorded on tape and uh i just love his drumming on it as a drummer it's like i don't know i just really get into the like organized sloppiness in general of the oh, album um, organized sloppiness just, that's to me everything like I don't like perfect music I I know he's moved in more into the clean cut genre lately so he's allowed to change you know artists are you know changing but to me (laughs) you don't think it's a crime (laughs) it's not a crime it's not a crime but hey maybe uh, he was talking about the genre change too you know what I mean he could have been talking about any number of things like in terms of because he did alienate a lot of people for sure like after inner speaker and lonerism yeah yeah he's been sort of yeah he's been on sort of a, a a path and uh and experimenting and again you're totally allowed to do that and uh you just can't expect everyone to come with you on your journey you know right. it's when you put out a certain very, very unique brand of uh, music or sound, uh, you know, people are won over by that. And, uh, yeah. yeah, they might not want to hear some other take that you have. So, 
but I, I, I personally hate hating on artists for exploring other realms. Like, yes. unless, I mean, it, to me, it's just like, if, if someone's whispering in their ear, it's very obvious. Like Jewel, for example, like if you want to take it back to the 90s, which yeah. I'm all about. Um, you know, when she transformed, it didn't feel authentic. It felt yeah. like she became a product instead of yep. just heading in a new direction that she that was like you could see the linear path that, you know, it was like night and day. Yeah. Um, but yeah. with Kevin, you can see the change happening a little bit after the first two records he's like gradually cleaning up and Mm -hmm. making it a little more pop and uh yeah yeah i mean i think that that's inevitable to any artist that is growing in size exponentially like Mm -hmm. but no totally Okay, so I do want to ask you about the drums specifically, since you are a drummer. If you had to pick a favorite favorite album of just the drums, like whether it's to play yourself or to, you know, the style of, but like, let's talk about, I mean, all the drums on, whether it's Inner Speaker, Lonerism, Currents, and the Slow Rush, the drum sound is wildly different between all of those albums. Um, I think Lonerism, uh... Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 kind of a tie. I mean, I like I like when the drums sound like they're like blended in with everything, you know? But mm-hmm. I also like when they stand out. So, it's hard to say. I mean, in general, I just I like his drumming style. So, yeah. It's always it's all about choices for me. And like people ask me all the time, "Who's your favorite drummer?" and I say Kevin Parker. And I used to not say that because he's not like a drummer's drummer. Right. You know, like he's a producer and he he plays drums, but like he'll say himself like, "Oh, I, I don't have great technique or, you know, whatever." But his choices to me, like I don't feel like there's a huge difference of his playing choices on all the albums. Like, I think that the sound, the way they're produced, the way they're recorded, the way they're mixed is very different. But there are some crazy bombastic sections of Currents, you know what I mean? There are some unhinged, yeah. you know, even though it's a, a cleaner sound, it's it's by no means, you know, cookie cutter four on the floor the whole time. It's like very interesting. You know, even new person, same old mistakes. Like, on first listen, you think the drums are so, like, simple, but they're very, like, disjointed a little bit. He'll just do, like, one hi-hat and then, like, two rests and then a snare and then nothing and then a kick and then, like, on the and of four, another kick. And it's just, like, it's it's not predictable. You know, none of his drumming is predictable, I feel. And that's yeah. that's what I I love about it, I think. Yeah, well, I would say I would say that he is a major influence in my drumming uh for Movie Club for sure for certain tracks. I don't know uh if you've heard Starcatcher yet. I have. Absolutely. I have to <laughs> I don't have it in my mind. I haven't heard it that many times to be like I can hear it in my head, but I will go back now. You feel like he influenced your drums in particular on that song? Oh, for sure inner inner speaker. The opening track, yeah, it's like the the overall like way that he has a he does like a warble 
Um, I try to imitate it in real life, you know. The warble? It's fun to Can try. you explain yeah. what you mean by <laughs> this? Like in a playing or in producing? In playing, yeah. Oh my God, no, what's I'm, the warble? Everyone... Tell, me what, tell me what you think of as the warble. It's like uh, slow down, speed up stuff, you know. like Because oh, okay. you can tell that he's messing with the tape in certain parts. And uh, it's really cool and fun. I would recommend just playing around with that, just trying to imitate like the the tape warble if you haven't already, just like the slowing down, the speeding up and then the slowing down. And like we have one new song that's not out yet where it's like it's the end of the song is just me speeding up faster and faster and faster and faster until and then I start hitting like the rims of the drums and stuff like the tapes like run out and it's like flapping and stuff oh my <laughs> we god just try to like we try to imitate like the tape effects uh, i love that and our new record like mark rains is his name put all the drums through tape he ran them through to tape machine so that we could have more tape effects and we we just love that stuff and and definitely kevin parker is a huge part of the influence there wow wow man i feel like we sound like Kevin Parker when he's did have you seen the pitchfork thing where he's talking about his favorite drum sounds and drum playing and drum parts and he like goes through all of them no um, I haven't seen that oh my god you gotta see it it's so funny it's amazing like just hearing him talk about types of drums he likes like there's this one line where he's like that's the problem with me is like I love it when drums are just like crazy and unhinged and out of control but I also love the exact opposite of that like when they're just like a kick and a snare and like a little hi-hat and just like more of a hip-hop vibe and yeah no it's like the drum machine versus fuck the tempo yeah i'm i'm more of a fuck the tempo person as well <laughs> but i definitely appreciate the drum machine types as well If you had to pick, what's your favorite inner speaker song? Um, you can put me on the spot like that. I guess, I mean, I really love It Is Not Meant To Be, but why Ooh. won't you make up your mind? I don't know. It is not yeah. meant to be. Like, nobody picks that. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anybody mention that first. <laughs> great I'm a, I'm a bit of a weirdo i like the like unloved the less loved things you it's know? amazing jess i cannot wait to edit this and you know relive this conversation and hopefully have many more like um, everybody listening please check out movie club we're on spotify and movie club the bands are ig and we're about to hit the road april 18th going up and down the pacific northwest coast and then two shows in new orleans two shows in new york and one in boston amazing well i will be sure to get this podcast out so that we can talk about all of those dates and i'll hopefully be at one of them in new york so i would love that we would love to meet you and thank you so much for having me and we'll definitely keep in touch thank you take it easy jessamine you too jana and instead of our usual podcast theme song, which you've heard many times before, why not play Movie Club's latest single, Spinner? And if they're coming to your area, be sure to catch this badass band and tell them Fame Impala sent you. 